Welcome to the Mental Health Boot Camp Podcast. This is the podcast where four therapists, three of us Canadian, one of us American, serve you cutting edge mental health knowledge. I'm Dr. Ryan House, a psychologist in Pasadena, California. And I'm Dr. Brooke Lewis, a registered clinical counselor from Vancouver, Canada. And I'm Joanna Boyd, also a registered clinical counselor from Vancouver, Canada. I'm Chris Boyd, also a registered clinical counselor from Vancouver. Right on. Welcome to you guys. We're uh, coming at you at this time during that week between uh, Christmas slash Hanukkah slash Kwanzaa and New Year's. So we're just a couple days before New Year's Eve here, bringing 2020 to a close, which I'm sure brings up a lot of sadness for for a lot of people, right? (laughs) What a year, eh? What a year. Yeah, what a year. Yeah. You know, typically around this time, it's kind of nice to, you know, reflect on the previous year and and think of uh, goals for the year coming up. And uh, never, ever would I have thought that uh, we'd be, (laughs) that we would have a year like we just had, you know? Absolutely. Still wishing for the pandemic to be done, right? Like we're still, yeah, who knows what next year is going to hold, but this year sure put us through it, so it did it did put us through it it continues to put us through it it's weird to be at at the year end here at least in california it's as bad as it's ever been we're at our worst totals and numbers ever and uh you know a lot of people thought i remember back in the summertime people kind of joking around oh we'll be back we'll be back by christmas at least or by new year's right yeah well mm-hmm. not so much yeah. yes but uh, still, there are pockets of pockets of joy, mm-hmm. and I hope everyone had uh, some good moments in the last week. Did you guys? Mm-hmm. You guys are our Christmas celebrators. Any any positive moments that you experienced, or favorite moments uh, from the last week? You know what? I think it looks different for our family, um, Chris and I's family here, but. Uh, I fortunately got to kind of tack on to my parents' little bubble there for Christmas, so that was nice. And then we got to kind of visit with, you know, Chris and our other siblings and their families. Um, yeah, and, and, you know, over Zoom, and we still made the most of it. I think it was still, had lots of connection time, which was great. And I think it was acknowledged, you know what, it's a weird year, but we're gonna, it's still really nice in a lot of ways. And so I think it was, it wasn't all, you know, Oh, I wish it were different. I think it was made the most of, at least yeah. that's how I yeah. think of it. Yeah. Yeah. So for our family, of course, we can meet together. My parents did a remarkable job preparing dinner for everybody and dropping off the meals to um, all this, um, to my, my place as well as my siblings places too. So that was fantastic. A lot of, uh, a lot of time went into it. Uh, yeah. Rice pudding. We talked about that in an earlier podcast, uh, rice pudding tradition, um, a full dinner, wine, um, or uh, breakfast Third. for the next day. It was, mm-hmm. was pretty amazing. Wow. Uh, another highlight was uh, our fellow boot camper there, Brooke, dressed up in an Olaf costume and walked around the neighborhood. Mm-hmm. She sure tagged did. along, tagged along to make sure that nothing happened to her. 
-hmm. and uh, I got to see all the joy on people's faces. I couldn't see out the mesh. Yeah, (laughs) you know, probably hundreds of people drove by or or walked by and just instant uh, laughter and uh, smiles. So that was some uh, fear, some fright. There was a small child that was like intrigued, but then frightened all at the same time. You know? Nice. But she so did a fantastic job spreading Christmas cheer, and I got to got to see it firsthand. So that was definitely a highlight. So this was uh, this was Olaf from the the movie Frozen, not like someone's creepy uncle or something, right? <laughs> it was actually the creepy uncle. We have a different Olaf up here in Canada. <laughs> oh, you do! Oh, the differences just keep amazing me. My goodness. Yeah. <laughs> Is actually a wow. clown? <laughs> it's, it's a clown with a single red the balloon. Canadian clown. Yeah. Oh, beautiful. Yes. Well, I, yeah, I've wondered oftentimes, I haven't been up there for the holidays. Actually, I was in, I was, I was wait, what did I say? I was in Montreal for New Year's Eve two years ago, which was really cool. But what, what do you guys, I mean, New Year's, of course, is going to look weird for everybody this year. We're not going to be going to parties and stuff like that. But do you guys, do you guys watch like, like the New York ball drop and that sort of thing, like like we do here. What happens for we? What's customary on New Year's Eve for you guys? Typically, a lame house party. Mm-hmm. Okay, <laughs> nice. You know, everyone's like, "Sweet, we're gonna." Uh, I think people like the idea of New Year's up here, but nobody actually likes New Year's up here. Mm. If that makes any sense, like everyone, like. You, it's a ritual to get together and have people or a house party or whatever, but it's never, it's never Christmas Eve. Yeah. I, I feel that the more time I put into planning something or the bigger the plan is, the more I'm disappointed. Mm-hmm. So it's usually just meeting up with close friends uh, that's, and family members sometimes too. Um, that's when it's the most fun. But yes, we do watch the New York uh, um, live yeah. Yeah. The ball dropping there. Yeah, that's the, the big one. We don't have anything close to <laughs> to that up here. Okay. In terms well, of uh New Year's Rock and Eve, you know. Well, hard to beat that, you know. Uh Dick Clark to what? Ryan Seacrest to Anderson Cooper, whoever's doing it that night. Lots of fun. You guys are welcome to it. Glad you can enjoy it. That's good. I used to throw this these these uh, New Year's Eve parties. Now I'm remembering where I would, I would get a bunch of uh, like cheap uh, champagne flutes, mm-hmm. like, like from maybe a thrift store or from Ikea or somewhere where they're just like 50 cents a piece, something like that. And then at midnight, put champagne in the glasses and you'd have to, every person would have to, to say like a resolution for their year and then throw, take a drink and throw the glass into the fireplace. Whoa! <laughs> yeah. With the drink inside? Well, you did drink. You did, it was just a little sip in there. You okay. drink the glass and you throw the glass in the fireplace. Uh-huh. And I spent most of the next day picking glass out of my fireplace. That's bold. <laughs> it was fun. That's great. There's a. Um, I was very fortunate to spend uh, Christmas or New Year's Eve 2019 in Morocco. And um, one of the things that was encouraged of us there just by the group I was with as we reflected kind of on um, maybe something from the past year that we, you know, a lesson learned type thing as well as something, but it was kind of a way something for us to let go and we were able to kind of put that in the fire and kind of let go of that 
as well as kind of talk about hopes we had for the next year. So it's kind of like a nice little let's end this year, look back and reflect, and then as well as kind of look forward. So it's kind of a nice little thing, which anyone so, could do just journaling themselves. But So would you actually put something in the fire or just yeah. kind of imagining? Oh, you would? No, no, okay. we did. Oh, yeah. And we went outside and yeah, and we're able to kind of watch it burn. Oh, cool. <laughs> I like that. It's a good thing you didn't burn those headphones any. Eh? Oh man, I know. Wearing some retro Walkman headphones right now. But uh, yeah, but anyways, I think uh, New Year's is pretty quiet my way. I think it, I've gone to house parties and, and sometimes I've just had one friend over and just very quiet. <laughs> I don't yeah. know. Yeah. You know, it's funny, at midnight, historically, we would call each other. Uh, yeah. So Joanna and I and our siblings and parents. And uh, usually my parents are at a, uh, at a party with their used to be their poker buddies and lots of screaming and yelling in the background. When you call Joanna, you can hear a pin drop in the background. It's like, hello, what's your name going? Like, a lot of hoot and hollering. Oh man, no, I know our parents are usually more partying. But it was pretty funny. Yeah, They're the party animals. That's great. But yeah, yeah, more so than me. Yeah, pretty quiet at my end usually. But yeah. Nice. How about you, Which Brooke? Nice. Any, any memories or traditions for you? No. No, really just not yeah. a big New Year's-y. I think uh, in my younger years, it was, you know, you try to find the right thing that you like to do to enjoy New Year's. So you try all the things, whether it's a house party or yeah. going to a club or a nice dinner or staying at home or, yeah. But I think uh, as I've gotten older, I'm like, you know what, this just isn't my thing. And the smaller, more intimate, the better. Um, one New Year's, I hung out with Joanna and that was like, Tons of fun. It was a very small gathering, but we played like cards and there was no expectation. Like you didn't, nobody was dressed up. We were there yeah. having snacks and playing cards and it was great. Well, that's, this will be a great, a great New Year's for you then. Yeah, exactly. No, no expectations, no pressure. Do whatever you no, want. No pressure. Exactly. That's cool. Oh. There was a, just a fun little thing I thought about because last year I spent a New Year's with a friend and we went to a play, actually, Sound of Music, but then we ended up at a friend of hers, you know, with him and her dad, oh, yeah. his dad, and it was like, they lived across the street from a graveyard, um, but we ended up like all taking pots and pans and what's, what's the, I can't say it, it's not a boo. A wazoo? A va no, like, no a wazoo. the ones that are played at like soccer games, a boo-vazula or something something like the big horns mm -hmm. anyways and we just paraded through the cemetery <laughs> making at, noise at midnight yeah after ever fireworks were going off and we were just on our little like pots and pans and the horn and just did a little parade and right back to the house it was actually it was um, so random and so and went back and then listened to rod stewart's old lane zine it was great it was very random and lovely <laughs> it was a lot of fun lots of laughs so wow yeah and not yeah. morbid. You'd think it would be like, why are you in a cemetery? It just was right there. Just decided to kind of do a little march through and okay, very respectfully. But it was uh, it was great. A lot of fun. Wow, sheesh, that sounds that sounds festive and and a little creepy, but festive. Yeah, no, oh, that was great. Yes. Yeah, was so, Olaf there with you? No, Olaf. Olaf the clown? No. No. Oh my gosh, no, 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 no. <laughs> not that creepy. Yeah. Well, we're here to talk about mental health. So let's, let's have our final mental health message, question, topic for 2020. And someone's got the topic and you're gonna ambush the rest of us with it. We don't know what it is yet. 
I, I'm guessing it's you, Brooke. You're holding it's up your me. phone. I'm ready. Are you ready? I'm ready. Throw it on I'm over ready. the border. I'll catch it. It's coming your way. Oh, got it. Wow. Woo. That was quick. Okay. Yeah. Here it is. Reflection time. Looking back on 2020, what themes did you notice in your clients, positive and negative? What were common challenges? What were ways clients persevered? And last, what do you think will help people move through the next few months? Woo! What themes Whoa. did you notice in your clients, positive and negative, common challenges, and how did clients persevere? This is good stuff. Yeah, well, we're pretty, you know, we're sitting here, we're reflecting on our year. I'm sure we're all kind of reflecting. I thought it would be interesting maybe for some of the listeners kind of get that inside scoop. I mean, we all work with with people. We're on the ground working with it, but we also have an education to step back and kind of see a bigger picture. And um, I don't know, I thought it might be an interesting topic to discuss, yeah. right? Like when we look back, what were the themes? And Definitely. Should we start out with the negative or the hardships or should sure. we just whatever you, whatever you want taking, just taking Ryan's roll away there HL. just jumping right in there moderating oh. our call <laughs> I, I have no uh, uh, go right ahead go right ahead uh, go for it well, want to do the negatives oh well um yeah, I think some one thing that jumps out for me would be, oh, I guess I might go back and forth between positives and negatives a little bit. But, That's okay. Um, yeah, okay. So I take away whatever little boundaries I was supposed to put on there. Um, <laughs> but uh, I think there's a lot of, especially when the pandemic first hit, a lot of um, fear or kind of some worries and uncertainty that came up. I think uh, for me, clients kind of took a bit of time before coming back to counseling to kind of figure things out a little bit or try to find some more, you know, figure out what pandemic life is going to look like. Um, but some anxiety definitely heightened. Um, I noticed in clients um, and a lot of loss, grief, loss, anxiety. Um, as a pandemic rolled on, there's just really feeling low, a lot of lack of motivation. Um, it's uh, definitely roller coastered through from the beginning to now. I think there's definitely themes from start to middle to now, I think. But. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's interesting though, because it has been a bit of a juxtaposition or back and forth, right? Um, I think sometimes we've seen the best out of people and sometimes we've seen the worst out of people over this past year. Like it's really brought certain behaviors to light. Um, so yeah, I totally agree in terms of grief and, and anxiety and, and sadness. I think those have been very common for sure. Anger. Um, I know there's been a lot of, um, anger and pushback up at where we live, um, with a lot of the restrictions and not being able to see family at Christmas. So now that's been a big theme. So at, at the beginning of the pandemic, it was okay. We're all uh, in this together. And then as, uh, as it kind of went on, people were kind of losing steam there a bit. And uh, when dealing with something this extreme, sometimes people start to delve, go down the rabbit hole and, and start to uh, find more information that, that feeds that, that anger, that, um, I don't want to say ignorance, but that confusion, I guess. 
Yes, I will second all of that. And, and actually, I think I'm going to step back a minute and say, I actually think that I'm going to remember this time as, as a year, the year of emotion. I think a lot mm -hmm. of times with my clients in the past, it's been more about, well, let me figure something out, or I'm trying to understand something, and I'm not trying, you know, I need to sort through some cognitive problem. But this year, I think all of the emotions you guys have mentioned um, have taken not just been present, but have taken over at times. And that's what I think I've been working with clients a lot uh, on this year. It's like, I'm feeling, you know, early on, I'm feeling so much fear, so much anxiety. How do I handle this? I don't know what to do about this, you know. Um, in the summertime, down here, especially with, uh, with a lot of the, the, you know, the racial injustice and, and uh, the police riots, all that kind of stuff, people feeling fear and anger about that. And it's just, it's just like, Every, every emotion just cranked up 50% more than usual and mm -hmm. oftentimes beyond their normal, normal abilities to, uh, to tolerate it or manage it. Um, and it just, you couldn't avoid it. It's, that's the other part. Just, it, you couldn't like distract yourself with other things in life and all of that. It's just sitting right there in front of you and you're sitting at home, just uh, not able to avoid any of that stuff. So I really yeah. do think that emotions have been big. Um, managing them uh, or mismanaging them. So there's the negative side, right? The certainly folks who are, uh, who've turned to substances a lot more or um, some unhealthy coping mechanisms and some who've turned to, you know, really healthy ones as well. Taking, taking that time to do a lot more exercise or be even more social than they were before in some distant safe ways and all of that stuff or journal or different things like that. So yeah, I really think that, the, the virus and the isolation has been certainly pushing people more into their feelings. And, and that's, that's includes a lot of people who maybe were not so in touch with feelings before. Yeah. It's also interesting too, for, for those people that we wouldn't typically see in our counseling offices were starting to pop up there when mm -hmm. things became challenging um, because they were kind of forced or, you know, these boundaries were put in and, and there were, and to disengage from this balanced life that they're engaging in, right? So that was really rough. So we're seeing a, you know, from my experience, a cohort or a group of clients that we wouldn't typically see. And then uh, maybe a bit of relief there sometimes for, for those clients who have been uh, isolating or, or maybe having a tough time coping with those emotions that you're speaking of, Ryan, you felt a bit of relief at first mm -hmm. um, when everyone else was in the same boat as them. Yeah, that was kind of neat. I remember a client early on saying something like, like feeling like they had a superpower because they'd been working on anxiety management for years. And now all of their friends were coming to them saying, how do I handle my anxiety? You know, <laughs> like, oh, I've got all these tools and, and tri tricks to help out with that. So now it can be of some service. Well, it's almost like those people who are some of the people who are very social or really depend on that social connection, they're the ones who are really having a tough time. And then more of the introverts are people who really valued that quiet, slower pace for like, hey, this is just filling me up, right? So you almost it's interesting to see who is suffering a bit more. Um, and sometimes you're surprised. Like there were some people who were very anxious going into the pandemic and were actually, their anxiety did not go up. Um, but then you would have the people who it mm -hmm. would go, you know, it would increase in the fear of then getting sick or it was just such a variety. I don't know. Mm -hmm. yeah. I agree. Yeah. It was interesting to see throughout the waves of it, 
the different, like what clients were bringing to the table, them as themselves, just them and their personalities and what was showing up when, because I agree, Joanna and Ryan, like many clients when it first kicked in, high anxiety clients felt relief that like everyone gets it, everyone's on the same page now. And um, and so they kind of were able to manage it a bit until for us up here, a lot of restrictions, not, not lifted, but you were able to do more, everything kind of kicked back online, like in May, mid-May, end of May. So businesses started to open up again. You're expected maybe to work more. People could go to restaurants, you know, these different things. So then those clients noticed a huge increase in mood disorders. What I noticed, anxiety and depression, as they were expected to get back to normal life. Ah, oh, interesting. But for that first few months, um, Joanna, I agree, there were clients coming in who were typically like extroverted, but maybe the busyness and the extroversion was actually masking some other things going on for them, mm-hmm. or those were their coping strategies that they couldn't do anymore. They couldn't go to the gym and they couldn't see people and they couldn't do these things. So now they were struggling. And then when everything opened up, they were getting better, but it, it swung the other way for people with different traits. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, as a side note, I maybe I've mentioned this already here before, but I've found it interesting how some people uh, maybe had sort of mislabeled themselves pre-pandemic as an introvert or an extrovert, right? Some people were like, oh, I'm, I'm outgoing. I love people. I want to be with people all the time. Mm-hmm. And then uh, pandemic hits and, and quarantining hits. And they're like, wow, it's really nice to be at home and not have to go out. <laughs> like, that was really exhausting, actually, for me. And, and some folks who really thought of themselves as being so introverted are like, I need people. Give me more time with people. What can I do to get with people? So yeah. you know, it's not everybody, but it's just interesting how this kind of forced uh, a lot of people to mm-hmm. realize more about themselves, about their traits and their needs than uh, previously. Absolutely. It's almost, it's almost like when that choice is taken away, right? You can be introverted and have your space, but when you want to go see people, you can. But the pandemic took that choice away from you, really. So yeah. it's almost... We're also very habitual, like we, we live our lives and get into routines and we have these patterns and then this thing happens and they were like, oh, wow, okay, well, I can't, I can't do that anymore. So I think it kind of rocked a lot of people to their core yeah. and they kind of had to recreate things. And I think it highlighted some, maybe for some people, these underlying coping mechanisms that Ryan talked about that maybe are not the best for them that need to, needed to be addressed, but also uh, led to... Um, you know, some really positive, fantastic ways of coping as well. So people may be uh, spending time on things they wouldn't t- typically spend time on. Um, for instance, creative outlets or, or uh, creative ways to connect and, and getting outside for walking or exercising or whatever that might be. I've definitely noticed um, heavier things come up, whether it's anxiety or depression or just like hitting like kind of that loss of hope, almost like learned helplessness heaviness kind of uh, since november in my clients mm-hmm. yeah so that's like after time change it starts to get dark here like first week in november sun was setting maybe at five um so like right now the sun sets at i don't know 407 or something like that and it's raining all the time and it's dark and normally there's a lot of seasonal affective anyway for listeners seasonal affective disorder is depression-like symptoms through the the winter months when it's dark and um so that that's pretty typical around here but i feel like this year was heavier there was almost like this realization of like 
we're still in this. This sucks and mm-hmm. I'm limited and I don't know what I can do. And uh, yeah, it was just, it's been very heavy. And it came, November. yeah, and it came with the those restrictions, right? We had more yeah. restrictions up here in BC for, yeah, just it kind of, we went back in time a little bit. And so I think there was definitely that lack of motivation, that helplessness to talk about Brooke and it's a bit harder. It seemed a bit of a, it's like a new season of COVID. This is our first time going through winter, fall, winter with it. And what does that mm-hmm. bring? Um, so yeah. if we're talking about what, one of the questions was, what are common challenges? So we have just to list out some of the common challenges. One of them being, uh, well, restrictions, right? Just, just being unable to, to do what you feel like you want to do, right? Like yeah. I can't, I can't go be gather with people or, yeah. um, you know, there's so many different uh, restrictions that people have had. Um, yeah, emo- emotion, emotions is another one we mentioned, you know, emotions yeah. kind of overwhelming and, and yeah. being out of your control at times or feeling like I, I'm not asking to feel this way and I don't know how to get rid of it, but I'm feeling this really strongly. Yeah. In-person connection. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, motivation and energy. Yeah. I think for people. Has lack been, of routine. Like Crystal. Lack of routine. Yeah just stresses like, even financially for like uh or just stress with that lack of routine or the routine being disrupted or not having external supports like you might or daycare for the kids or, or um yeah outlets for teenagers and such i think that affects it all I'll, I'll also toss in there just kind of a uh a general uh instability whether that's with like, here like with government or with uh you know you know, we had we had restrictions upon restrictions at, in the summertime. You know, we had uh, a stay-at-home order plus a curfew because of fear of uh, violence in the streets. You know, wow. it's like oh, you know, so much just just to be afraid of going outside. And then you have the murder hornets. So gosh, you got that problem too. <laughs> Add that to the mix, yeah. Add that to the mix. So many things. And then we had the fires. I mean, it's just ridiculous. So many things kind of holding us back in this last year. That were uh, well, so- Australia started with the fires. Yeah, remember that? That was a year ago. That's wild, right? So, so, so let's see. Yes, the uh, the common challenges. I will also, yeah, interpersonal. So, there's certainly the interpersonal stuff regarding people who are you know missing their friends, missing seeing people, but then there's also the folks who are maybe at home and having a hard time with the people that they're with, right? Yeah. Totally. Yeah. So there's there's certainly some of that, and uh, and if we're talking about you know what I've seen with clients, that's that's certainly something that's come up more than once. Is uh, whoa, I'm having a hard time with this much closeness, this much uh, togetherness time, and uh, you know really miss not having or miss having space from that. Yeah, you mentioned Ryan before. Or sorry, Joe. Go ahead. Oh, I just. It's just some home environments aren't the easiest, not just you getting kind of tired or, you know, butting heads with the people in your, you know, close proximity, but it's just hard when there's not that outlet for kids to go to school and some home environments aren't the healthiest. And so that is hard to knowing like the interpersonal um, yep. violence really, uh, so to speak. But, it's true. Yeah. A lot of these families function very well by not, spending a ton of time together mm-hmm. um they're all ships passing the winter or, or lots of obviously there's school and people are, are off uh, at work and 
and different hobbies and interests and stuff like that. So now you're forced to spend all this time together and really had to hash that out, you know, try to yeah. uh, sink or swim in terms of your communication and connection with important people in your life. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I, you know, remember back when people would take vacations and come back after a week with their family and be like, "Woo!" Or, or the holidays, spending time at home for the holidays. Be like, yeah, okay, I made it through. That was, that was kind of rough. <laughs> you know, now it's been nine and a half months. How's that going? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So that could be tough for sure. Um, what about ways that people have persevered? You know what? Well, let's actually, Brooke, what do you mean by persevere in this case? Well, there's been a lot of adversity right? um, throughout this year. So in, in what ways have we made it through? Like what, what has been helpful for persons to excel for, it's not really even excelling, but like managing or find joy or hope or um, yeah. make it, you know, anything that keeps you afloat or, or better. It's something that doesn't sink you. How, how did people do that this year? Yeah. And were there themes to that? Yeah. I am impressed by um, our clients or everybody's capacity to adapt. Yeah. Um, it's pretty incredible. Like that resiliency when faced with hardship, we find ways to kind of navigate through it. And maybe it's not the prettiest with negative ways of coping, but I think overall, based on what I've been observing, it's also been very positive. People have had to kind of recreate their lives and had to find new ways to help enhance their interpersonal connections and, and help, help with the emotional regulation and finding, finding meaning and purpose. There we go. Yes. I think, I think going back to the, uh, the, the emotions, the emotions being overwhelming topic there, I think folks that I've known who have done, uh, who have recognized an increase in emotion and felt overwhelmed and, and uh, uh, overextended with that at times, both find a way to, uh, have a healthy outlet for those emotions, like expression of those emotions through creativity or talking or, you know, really opening up in therapy and really having a place and time to, to, uh, to give those emotions some space and, and also have a way to kind of contain that. Um, I, I've heard, I've heard more mention of stoicism this year than, than mm-hmm. most other years, you know, people talking about trying to find ways to, to, to lean on the logical and the rational at some times, you know, not, not ignoring the emotional side, but saying, okay, once, once I've given my emotions their, their time to express and, and to be heard, now I need to go back to what's, uh, what makes sense for me. Yeah. And, uh, and so there's been that kind of containment, I guess, of, of emotion in that way. No, that's great. Yeah. Uh, I've noticed uh, a bit more gratitude in terms of um, mm-hmm. the positive things that we do have control over. Um, also another big theme too, noticed a lot of compassion. So trying to give people a boost or ease their suffering. So a lot of altruism. Um, notice those themes popping up in, in our community, which has been pretty, pretty amazing. Or even also Chris, just uh, with the gratitude, uh, just grateful for what people have. I think it's a big year for a lot of not being able to do certain things or going certain, you know, places, but it's, it's being thankful for what we do have already. Um, you know, appreciating people, appreciating, um, different things. So, yeah, I agree. Like 
this conversation has come up quite a, quite a few times is, Oh my goodness, I'm not going to take that for granted again. You know, is it, you know, it could be family get togethers or, or just going out and meeting with some friends for a coffee or yeah, that, that phrase has come up quite a few times. I'd say uh, another form of that is also uh, activism. Um, There's been a lot of, Mm -hmm. we talk a lot about how things are out of your control, but you know, finding out what you can control or where you can have make some impact or some influence. Um, Certainly altruism is a part of that, but another part of that might be activism and being like, you know, there, I I had more clients this year who were saying, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to make phone calls to my government or I'm going to, uh, you know, to, to march in a parade or do something to, to get me, feeling like I can take some, some control over something in my life, you know, Good and point. Be, be invested in something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I know there's a lot to this, Ryan, but yeah, it's pretty amazing as Canadians observing the Americans and how involved um, people have become politically. Like, isn't it like millions more people, uh, for instance, you know, participate in this past presidential election, right? Right. Yeah. Isn't like, isn't some ridiculous like three quarters of those who could actually vote did vote it's something like that some some massive number yeah i mean definitely the most of all time um yeah it was it was a huge turnout huge turnout and a lot of that's because people were encouraging i mean every time there's an election people say hey get out there and vote but this time people were actually you know writing postcards or making phone calls or you know going door to door whatever they needed to do to get people to actually vote so it was a big a big one yeah, and the decisions being made were really impacting people's lives, right? Right. On a state right. level and national level, so. Absolutely. Yeah. So, think, yes, go ahead. Yeah, just full part of that, I think it's, uh, you know, this is something that very few things we can say that everyone, this has affected everyone uh, in one way or another, right? So there's a sense of uh, connectedness in that, like we can all relate in our own ways and you know, we are all being impacted in our own ways and some similarities and some differences, but you know, we're all in this together. It's kind of a big theme that has come through this year. Mm-hmm. Um, the ups, the downs, all the rounds, uh, let's get through this and trying to pick people up when they're losing, um, you know, hope or they're getting discouraged and it's okay. You know, like we got this, this won't be forever. And, and so, you know, it's yeah. anyone will know, everyone will remember what it was like to be through that pandemic. And we haven't had that in my life anyways, you know, Mm-hmm. Yeah, very true. I'm curious. Will it lead to a kind of a, a zest for life? We're having having a conversation earlier today about you know uh, the Roaring Twenties, 1920s. You know, World War finished. There was this awful Spanish flu and a quarantine for two years, and then you know propelled people into this that what they called Roaring Twenties, right? So maybe it's it's going to happen again a hundred years later. It's going to, people are going to, when we're able to, we're going to really uh, engage in life and hopefully uh, get that balance back in a big way. You know, Chris, I hope so. I really do. Um, I really, I, uh, the optimist in me says, yes, I, I hope that does happen. People stop taking things for granted and, and really make, uh, make the most of life. The pessimist or the, the cynic in me says, uh, maybe it's just today, but I feel like people have a pretty short attention span or pretty short memory when it comes to a lot of these things. And 
Mm. I, I sort of feel like, gosh, when things return to normal or whatever that looks like, um, I don't know. I think I think we might forget it. I think there'll still be nostalgia for this time, but I think people get get caught back up in the rat race again. At yeah. least Americans. <laughs> Even that sounds amazing to me. We could put this behind us, and <laughs> yeah, you know. It won't become uh, the pandemic kind of ends. That sounds pretty great. We can just move on and not, not have it in the front, yeah. front of our minds anymore. That would be pretty cool. Well, that would be pretty nice. What do you think is going to help people move through the next few months? And Brooke, I'm assuming you're talking about, you know, as we've got a vaccine, as, as things are starting to open up, as we're nearing a year mark of this. Mm -hmm. right all everything that goes with it right we're not yeah. out of the woods yet um but we're there's a light at the end of the tunnel but the tunnel is still long and uh and i think that there's going to be big emotions that come up through those months there's still going to be anger of why are certain restrictions potentially or how come or there's still going to be a lot of death that happens unfortunately mm -hmm. um and everything that comes with it, right? Like, yeah, I think that the next few months are going to be really interesting. Like by a few months, I mean like six, nine months. Yeah. No, I, I you know, I think follow the science, right? There's um, this is a really interesting age where um, there's a lot of information out there. And so when it comes to vaccination programs are only successful when a certain amount of people actually get them. Right. So, sure do your research, but make sure it's um, from a really good source. Because um, I, I, yeah, I think that's going to be a big topic coming up here soon as these vaccinations become more readily accessible. I've found here, and maybe this is my cynicism against just towards my, my fellow Americans, but as soon as things start to lighten up a little bit, everyone gets really eager to say, okay, it's over. Right. Like, Following those, kind of following, waiting for that, yeah, yeah like following, give it an inch, running a mile, or take a mile. Type exactly, thing. exactly. Once there's a little sign of, of uh, okay, things are improving because this happened in June, this happened in October. Um, both of those times, things were starting starting to lighten up a little bit, and then people went kind of haywire. Woohoo! It's over, and uh, and then things got worse again. And I think we have a real hard time with delaying gratification, you know. Mm -hmm. It's uh, we're kind of black and white when it comes to that. We have a hard time with uh, dealing with gray areas, and I think that's human nature in a lot of ways. But I think I think we in the states maybe are a little more uh, challenged in that area. So I guess I would say if there was some some sort of advice, it would be just slow down, <laughs> slow down, take it easy. Maybe um, maybe be have. The, the phrase abundance of caution has been used a lot this last year. Please actually do have an abundance of caution and, uh, and maybe be a, an air on the side of caution instead of uh, taking those extra risks. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we've done so well. You know, I know there's a lot of people that have been struggling and there's been a lot of death and loss, but uh, you know, we're, we kind of see the light at the end of the tunnel. Right. So I really like that message Ryan. just a bit more patience perseverance as Brooke mentioned too you know and maybe we can all get through this together yeah well yeah I, I agree like I think that it's going to be a 
we have to kind of like slowly lift and stretch back out. And if it happens too soon, I don't know what consequences that will have, but I, I feel that there will be consequences. And I, I keep thinking about like physical materials. Like, so if you were an artist and you had to stretch canvas, you you're going to stretch canvas a little bit and then you're going to keep it there for a little while and then you're going to stretch it a little more and then you'll keep it and you keep stretching it out right or i think that's how they stretch canvas i'm not an artist i wouldn't know this but um otherwise if you're if you do it too quickly it's just going to rip yeah oh sorry or a balloon or a balloon or anything right so i'm just thinking physical material if you stretch it or try to bend it, wood, if you're trying to bend wood, you have to do it slowly and consistently and otherwise it's gonna snap. And uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know what the consequence the snap would be for us, but I think we have to be slow and steady and intentional. Slow, steady, steady and intentional, so. Uh, pizza dough, if you stretch that out too quickly, it'll rip, you have a big old hole in the middle of it, it's no good. That's a great one. I just made pizza the other night. <laughs> yeah. Oh, but the point's well taken there, Brooke. Absolutely. Yes. We have to be slow, slow and intentional about this. That's a hard thing though, right? I mean, we have, as, as, as psychology people, we know about the marshmallow test. We know that that is, that we're not, uh, as human beings, we're not all wired to take things slow and easy. We want, we want it, we want it now, right? And that's, that's difficult. Um, we've already mentioned the marshmallow test, I think, before. But just in brief, it's just this idea that, um, you know, if, if people are given a choice between having something that they want right now or waiting a little bit of time in order to have more of that same thing, more good things, um, a lot of people will tend to just take, take it right now. I'll take a less now because I just want it. I, and I have a hard time um, having... Uh, delaying my gratification right mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah yeah lots of benefits to those who wait right definitely yeah yeah for sure i'm i'm curious too you know people have adapted and and of course uh we're meeting through zoom and zoom is you know wish we bought some stock in zoom last year around this time my goodness where oh these virtual platforms has kind of changed how we connect right mm -hmm. so i'm kind of curious to see how that shifts and changes as covid or the pandemic um, continues to improve um yeah and you know stay stay tuned of course we'll you know take it step by step and try to figure it out uh, along with you yeah i think uh I think in general, it's just it just check in with yourself and others. I think without COVID, there's always the post-holiday blues sometimes, mm -hmm. right? I think people look forward to Christmas. It's a time of celebrating. And I know this year was different in its own way, but it was still something um, special amongst kind of a year that has been really hard. So I think just, yeah, as new year comes and we're still in this for a little while and it's just take care of yourself and um, kind of check in to see what you need because I think already it can be a hard time of year for some people. And maybe, maybe make it a, a deal to, to check in with each other too, right? Mm -hmm. Maybe that's something, maybe that's something as a, as a resolution, you can kind of spread around your bubble, whether that's friends or family or whoever's with you. Like, Hey guys, let's yeah. all check in on each other to make sure we're doing okay during this time. Because really it's the, the cumulative effect of, of nine plus months of this is 
we don't even know what that does. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. We don't even know what that's going to do. We don't know what the what the what the hangover from this is going to be when it actually when we do reach the end of the tunnel. We don't know. And so we got to get each other's back and be as as you Adlerians would like to say very pro social, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. The, those creative outlets kind of pop into my mind too. Like um eventually life will go back to normal, we hope, based on what we've been hearing. So what can you, what can you uh, focus on right now that you won't be able to focus on later once life kind of goes back to the whole idea of normal? It's true. So that's it. Well, guys, this is a wrap for 2020. New Year's edition. New Year's <laughs> edition. Hey, one thing I'm grateful for for this year, 2020 did give us the opportunity to start a podcast. Sure did. Sure did. Yep. So thank you guys for doing this with me. Let's, let's keep Thanks doing it in 2021. Mm-hmm. Oh, no problem. No problem. It's been fun. We'll keep doing it. So that's a wrap. 2020. Uh, like and subscribe on Apple, Google, Podbean, Audible, or YouTube. Send your questions to info at mentalhealthbootcamp.com. Visit us on Facebook or Instagram. Tell a friend, tell any friend you know named uh, Olaf, and then we'll see if we get more likes and more listeners that way. And Happy New Year, everybody. Have a great Happy year. Year. Have a better Happy year. Bye now. Bye.